0: Well, it was the big news of the day. It broke uh, just as we were getting on the air. U.S. appeals court rejects the notion that Donald Trump is immune from prosecution. Uh, We bring in Jill Hasday from the University of Minnesota uh, as we uh, talk to her on numerous uh, issues regarding courts. She joins us on the John Schuster Coldwell Banker Hotline. I'm a little confused, Jill. Is this just in relation to to the uh, election interference case, or does this apply to other cases as well?
1: Well, this decision is just stemming from the charges that the special counsel John uh, Smith brought that were related to election interference, Um, but it potentially could apply to other cases as well. The punchline of the case is Donald Trump alleged that he had, or tried to argue, that he had absolute immunity from criminal prosecution for anything he did while he was in office. And the D.C. Circuit, which is basically the court one below the Supreme Court, said that once President Trump left office, he became citizen Trump. He has no uh, immunities or special defenses from criminal prosecution. He's just like anyone else.
2: So, Jill, if he's convicted of obstructing this election, election interference, whatever the charges are, Does that stop him from running for president or being president?
1: This case isn't really—I mean, obviously, this is uncharted waters. No one really knows the answer. (laughs) Um, But this case really isn't—is just about. It's not about whether he committed the allegation. You know, whether he actually interfered with the election and violated federal law. It's just about—is he immune from prosecution? So, it's uncharted. It's uncharted waters. I mean, I so think— So even if the,
2: they said, OK, I know this is a separate case, I guess what I'm asking you is, is to look in the future and say, OK, they've decided this. What if the next court decides that he did commit election interference? Would he be allowed to run for president or be the
1: president? <laughs> I know that's a hard question, Jill. <laughs> I'm sorry. Oh, well, I mean, here we are. People yeah. have said that. So, uh, I mean, one way I think about it is when would this trial take place? Mm-hmm. He has until, Trump has until February 12th to appeal to the Supreme Court, which he'll presumably do. And then the Supreme Court has the option, you know, can set whatever schedule uh, it wants. It would be possible to have this trial before the election, but it also would be possible given whatever, the schedule the Supreme Court chooses to extend it after the election and then after the election, I mean, this is a federal prosecution. If Trump is ele- Trump is elected in 2024, uh, I think it's pretty obvious that this prosecution would stop. Trump would be in charge of the Justice Department; it would stop the prosecution. Um, so the question is, what happens if he could if he could be convicted before he's elected, before the uh, 2024 um, election? I think, I mean, it's pretty uncharted territory right could he be elected from jail <laughs> I maybe feel, i mean i mean, <laughs> I mean that's insane but it yeah, is
0: insane it and I, I and i know and i get it that there's confusion here but i right. feel like this is a question that we should <laughs> yeah. be able to answer with certainty. But we can't yet nobody I know. well
1: I, I mean i think that's one so one reason i think trump pursued this appeal was obviously he would like to be immune but sure. also from trump's perspective delay, delay. is an enormous delay. advantage yes. that's and that's generally been his strategy through litigation throughout his life even just in kind of business dealings. but delay you can see is an enormous advantage because if he obviously he thinks he's going to win in november 2024 and then this
2: ends jill i'm looking at the um filing right now it's 57 pages long um and what we're learning is the headline basically that the appeals court says that he is not immune was there anything else in this decision in the 57 pages that we need to know about anything i don't know if
1: you read the whole thing yet but i did read it. i did read it <laughs> um, <laughs> i think there i mean there's a few things that are inter- were interesting to me the court starts by saying whatever immunity the president may have had when in office expires when he left office. But then later on, it seems to, at least as I read it, it basically says, even when you're president, you actually are not immune from crimes. Um, so that, per, you know, remember when Donald Trump on the campaign trail said, I could shoot someone on Fifth Avenue? Right. I read the Supreme Court, is saying. Uh, read, I'm sorry, the D.C. Circuit is saying, actually, you couldn't do that even as president interesting. and be immune. Um, something else that was interesting is, it's actually the last footnote of the opinion, But they discussed an argument that Trump himself didn't make, but some third parties made, which was contesting the appointment of the special counsel and saying that he doesn't have the constitutional, the special counsel doesn't have the constitutional authority to act because uh, his position required Senate confirmation, which was not given here. And the D.C. Circuit, in this opinion, says we're not getting into it. This wasn't argued in the district court, but presumably that obviously, now that this idea has been planted, you know, the Trump lawyers will be pursuing this as well.
0: Okay, so for the people looking at the Supreme Court, where this is likely headed, and they see a 6-3 conservative court, three of whom were appointed by Donald Trump, uh, that say there's no chance that this court would uh, rule uphold this or even get to it before before the election, what do you say to that? Do they have a right to be skeptical about that?
1: Okay, I guess I'll say if few things um first thing i'll say is presidents arguing for absolute immunity have not had a great track record at the supreme court so the supreme court has said that presidents are immune from civil liability for their official actions which i have to say to me makes sense right something a choice you make as president you shouldn't feel like someone doesn't like they're going to sue me but at the same time the supreme court has said uh Presidents can be uh, held, even while they're in office, civilly liable for private conduct. That was the Clinton versus Paula Jones uh, case. The the Supreme Court has also held relatively uh, recently that presidents are not immune from responding to criminal subpoenas. That was Trump v. Vance, uh, Donald Trump saying that he didn't have to respond to a subpoena from from New York. So... Supreme Court, I think, in general, has not been too sympathetic to these absolute immunity arguments, in part because they don't like the idea that anyone is above the law, including the president. So, I guess my instinct would be—I hate to predict the future because I'm always so wrong—but I don't think the pre, I don't think the Supreme Court will be that excited about an absolute. At least a majority will be that excited about an absolute immunity from criminal prosecution argument. I think the closer question is what they'll choose to do on scheduling. Because again, from Donald Trump's perspective, delaying the case is not as good, but pretty close to as good (laughs) as winning on the merits. Because if he can just get to 2024, he thinks, you know, his problems will go away because he'll be president. Of course, he'll end the prosecution.
2: We're speaking with constitutional lawyer from the U, Jill Hasday. Jill, we appreciate your expertise. And We were just talking about this during the break. Okay, what does this decision really mean? Obviously, legally, we know what it means, that the appeals court ruled that he doesn't have total immunity. Clearly, it'll go to the Supreme Court. But what does this mean? This means that Donald Trump, and and I'm expounding on what I think here, is going to raise a ton of money today because this decision will not necessarily hurt him politically, but will probably only help get support from his followers and those who believe that all of these cases are a witch hunt?
1: I, I, I will say, though, that the D.C. Circuit opinion was unanimous, and one of the judges was appointed by a Republican. So, I mean, I... I so could I be wrong? I, I'd like to I, be wrong. I know, I know. Will Donald <laughs> Trump present us as a witch hunt? I mean, mm-hmm. past practice suggests that's a good uh, prediction, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. I myself would not... Uh, describe it in partisan terms, because the courts in general, Republican and democratically appointed uh, presidents have really been hostile to these absolute immunity claims when Donald Trump made them or when, you know, Richard Nixon made them before, even when um, Bill Clinton made a variety of that kind of argument, because one of the tenets, I think, of American democracy is the idea that no one's above the law.
0: Back to the scheduling part of it. Can he? Is, can Trump's team delay as long as possible filing the appeal? And is there any? Um, I guess how urgent, urgently would the Supreme Court take this up? And would they be under any pressure at all uh, to do so? Other than you know, obviously they would be. But would they? I guess would they take it up sooner than? Otherwise, and then in a normal time, if you understand what i are
1: Okay, saying, and I understand what you're yeah. saying. So the D.C. Circuit definitely cabined Trump's ability on his own to delay. He has until February 12th to appeal to the Supreme Court, or this case is going back to the district court, and the district judge has made every, you know, she's ready to go to trial. So he has very he has very little window yes. to delay. I am sure he'll be appealing before February 12th, the Supreme Court has a significant range of discretion of when they could schedule it. They could schedule briefing and do the oral arguments within a month, or they could set it out for from, from months from now. Um, so I think the scheduling question, and the scheduling question really is very crucial here. And so, I mean, that'll be something I'll certainly be looking at.
2: Okay, before we let you go, uh, Jill, and I'm sorry if I asked you this, but the listener a listener is saying... Guys, ask her if a felon can become president. Is there a rule on that? Can a felon become president? Yeah, if you commit a felony, can you become well, the president?
1: I don't know why you would be disqualified, except, I mean, it could go to impeachment because it has one of the questions with impeachment is has the president committed high crimes and misdemeanors? Mm-hmm. And you would think a felony would go uh, to impeachment, mm-hmm. but there's no impeachment requirement outside of Congress. Do you know what I mean? It's up to the House to vote to impeach and the Senate to decide whether uh, to convict. I don't think, this is just not a scenario, I think, that the founders envisioned because, and you know, we really haven't had a situation before where someone is the front runner for a major political party when they're simultaneously subject to all these criminal indictments.
2: The founders are rolling in their graves.
0: 240 <laughs> years in, we'll finally answer these questions.
2: Yeah, right? <laughs>
0: <laughs> Thank you, Jill. Uh, we always appreciate the time. Thanks, Thank you so Jill. much.
2: Thanks for having me. 1119. Yeah, constitutional lawyer. Again, more questions than answers because this is the first time we've done it. Well, really, at least in modern day, that we've done anything like this. We don't settle things with duels anymore. We don't, you know, this is the first time it has to go through this kind of not just political, but legal process. And See to me, gosh! I want to bang my head into this microphone. Okay, great. Let's find someone who doesn't have all these problems, right. who's not accused of all of these crimes, who doesn't have ninety-one right. indictments against him. Let's let's find someone else. And
0: their argument would be, well, the next guy is going to face ninety-one indictments really? too. Well, that's that the, they view this, and I'm seeing they his his supporters oh, yeah. view this as an absolute weaponization of justice to eliminate a political opponent. And I say, well, if you look at the track record, do you really believe that that this guy was? They they obviously do. I, I think they do. There's a certain percentage that absolutely, and the shooting somebody on Fifth Avenue absolutely would do nothing to change their mind about it. But that's the world we live in. May you live in interesting times. Oh, God! And those are questions that I guess have needed to be answered. And finally, when this is all said and done, I guess we'll be able to answer, hey, can a felon be president or can you serve uh, as president from behind bars? We'll know the answers.
2: We'll today. know the answer. 11. But but can you be naked and show your boobs in Minneapolis? Can you? We're going to answer that question. Also,
0: very confusing answer to that it, as it well. It is
2: confusing. Next. Free the nipple is a real movement. Was a movement. Yeah. I believe it started in San Francisco. It was called "Free the Nipple." It was a Is movement. Is legit for real? Oh, that that's was the real.
0: Title yeah, that, of the okay. "Free
2: the Nipple." Um, it was a movement to make the same kind of laws that men have for women. For example, like if you can be topless on a beach because you know dudes go and they wear right. their shorts or their bathing suit and. And they, they don't have a top on. You, mm-hmm. Men don't usually wear a top to their bathing suit.
0: Fewer now, but I think more men just not to side rail, but the, like the sun shirt is becoming a thing now.
2: I mean, that is a side rail. Okay, so let me just stick with the nipples. <laughs> okay. We'll talk about the sun shirt in a minute for all you very delicate flowers out there that can't wow. use sunscreen. Wow. I'm kidding. That's I wear the
0: sun melanoma. Shirts. Hello. And I know,
2: right? At, moving back <laughs> to the nipples. Uh, That was a real movement to make it more equitable for women to be topless in public. And now we are seeing a story in Minnesota that a Minnesota woman is being prosecuted for exposing her breasts in public, and she fought this, and she lost. A court said that um, she does not have equal protection under these rights that allow men to go bare-chested in public. Now, I believe she was being arrested for cocaine, uh, at least, uh, what's possession? She was being arrested for cocaine possession, and she was in a parking lot of a convenience store, Mm -hmm. and I couldn't glean much more from the Star Tribune article. We don't know if, like, the cop grabbed her blouse and it came off, or if she just exposed herself and waved herself around. We're not really exactly sure. We don't know the deets.
3: But it's critical
0: because...
3: Yes,
1: exactly.
0: Yes. No, that's what they say so about the pornography. Yeah. I think it, it is. See
3: it. I think it's the same thing because I agree. If mm-hmm. I'm, you know, we're talking about beaches and parks is the kind of the area mm-hmm. we're talking about, which I, I think should be family friendly. I should be able to take my kids to these places. And I think you're right. If there is a woman who is on the edge of the beach and she is sunbathing topless, like that is not going to disrupt my family day at the right. beach. But if there is somebody who is Clothed or not, topless or not, who's making some sort of sexual or lewd gestures or using phrases Mm -hmm. or doing an act or pretending to do an act with somebody Mm -hmm. else. Like it's in this category of lewdness that's not very definable, but that would make me and my family feel very uncomfortable and not want to be at the beach.
2: That's interesting, not very definable. You know, cause this is totally subjective. It, by to- the way.
0: Absolutely yeah. subjective. Totally I mean, subjective. there are certain cases I think everybody would be agree. Okay. That's a little much or not, but yeah. mostly you're right. It's, it's in the eye of the beholder.
2: And I think, and obviously we are products of our social norms and what we've been taught. Like if we take our kids to the beach, even when they were little and saw a woman sunbathing topless and we grew up that way, this would not be a problem. Like all the beaches in Europe and right. down in Miami, it would not be a problem. Yet we get so wrapped up. You know, someone said, Jor, where's the beach? It's Cedar Lake Beach. Yeah. It's right on Cedar Lake Road. Like I see that in the summer quite a bit and nobody ever – and the kids are there building sandcastles. It's not that big a deal. We should normalize boobies, you know, being shown – I shouldn't call them that. Maybe breasts.
0: But I'm okay with like – but I'm okay though with having beaches that are adult beaches and knowing that, okay, sure. if I go there, that's going to probably be some people with tops off. As yeah. opposed to having a family friendly beach, I'm totally. fine with that. I don't totally. think I don't think if you have a established family friendly quote mm-hmm. beach that somebody should show up there and take their top off. I think that that's different.
3: Yeah, but that doesn't need to be a statewide law. That can be a right. policy by whatever municipality that is. If Minneapolis says oh, I think we want to allow or not allow sunbathing mm-hmm. at different beaches, like that's up to Minneapolis. Doesn't need to be a yeah. like a state law. Or no, anything. I get it.
0: What do you think? Six five one four six one nine two two six. Yes, we'll save you the joke. Where are the directions to the beach? All yeah, we wanna, and yes, many people pointing out that yes, there are men who've got larger breasts than many women. So
2: Okay, somebody it. somebody asked, what about playing Frisbee on the beach? Hmm, bouncing around. <laughs> yeah, well, no, I mean, that's, is that lewd behavior?
0: Again, it's in the eye of the beholder. It depends what you're playing, too. I mean, if you're playing volleyball, it's, <laughs> It's a different level of movement. <laughs>
2: oh, so now what do you thinking?
0: think? 651461-9226. <laughs> is nine, she two, riding two, a
2: bike or skating That's around a, Okay. <laughs> Good so guys.
0: Should we free the nipple or yes. is this ridiculous? Should we keep with our prudish society because <laughs> they should stay behind closed doors? <laughs> 1133 News Talk 830 WCCO.
2: This is critical. This text sums it up. Guys, this is exactly why we need to save AM radio. These are important conversations. Whether or not you can be topless in Minnesota or should be really at a state park. Uh, This, of course, on the heels of the news story that a woman was somehow topless Mm -hmm. during her arrest for cocaine possession in Minnesota. She's
0: challenging. the. She was charged with – indecent exposure.
2: Correct. Because somehow her top came off during the arrest. There's very little information in the strip about how this actually happened. And I'd really like to dig a little deeper on that. We might have an investigative report from the CCO newsroom. We won't. But the question becomes, was it lewd behavior or because it's legal to be topless in Minnesota, by the way? You can walk around the streets of Minneapolis topless if you're a woman, if you want. It is legal. So Go. we're having a greater conversation. This was just the impetus for the conversation. The conversation is where's your line? Mm -hmm. I'm okay with freeing the boobies. I am fine with seeing breasts – If they're sunbathing, if they're at a park, yes, I guess if they're even roller skating or biking. Someone said if they're at a park and they're doing activities playing frisbee, I mean, I guess. It sounds uncomfortable. See, I don't know.
0: See, for me, that's the line. There's a line You want them to put on a shirt then? Well, it's just like if you're out and you're sunning yourself at the beach or wherever, Mm -hmm. okay, I can see why you feel the need to take – I'm going to take my top off Yeah. But – and I'm saying this as I'm like, well, guys do this all the time. Because dudes do it all the time. Rollerblading down
3: the path with –
2: Yesterday I saw a dude in shorts and no top jogging on my street. That happens yeah, all the time, right? And I
3: guess. And, and how do you write that policy? Women are allowed right. to remove their blouses when they are in a uh, right. corner of the beach. Yes, and yeah, right, they cannot move more than ten feet from mm-hmm. their corner. But, certain, but you know what? There's
0: circ- certain circumstances too where I look at guys who don't have their shirt on. I'm like, come on, man. Right. Put a shirt on. Right. It's, you know. Look in the mirror. Oh, no, no, they've they're, they got probably out of jealousy, too, by the way, because mm-hmm. they're ripped. Cause, but still, it's like, I mean, you oh, know, there's guys. Oh, I thought guys. you meant like there's big obese man well, pe- people. No, no, these are guys who are in shape, great. But it's like, you know, any kind of yard work they do, whether it's 95 degrees mm. or 55 degrees. Well, I, I got to take the shirt themselves. off, got to take the shirt off to sunning uh, themselves. Do, do the yard work. <laughs> uh, so, but again, it's all personal. Yes. And we've gotten a couple texts here saying it depends on what the bodies look like. Sadly, that's absolutely 100% right.
2: Yes. Where because we're humans and we're jerks. If you have a great body, sure, we all want to see you, whether you're ripped or you have nice breasts. And uh, Absolutely. We don't want to see anybody who's old and wrinkly because we are a terrible species.
0: That's the thing, too, though. It's like, you know, bathing suits are sexy, too. <laughs> Form-fitting sure. clothing, even clothing that isn't form-fitting, sexy too, because it also leads a, li- leads a little to your imagination, mm-hmm. right? I mean, we don't need to see it all the time. But that being said, I think in this society, in this day and age, we are way too prudish about, you know, cover it up, cover yourself up.
2: And I, just I wonder said that. if we're it's- still going to be that way because some of these pictures that the kids are posting on Instagram really don't leave much to the imagination, and i even on college campuses the way the outfits the girls go out in and i used to go out but they are they don't leave much to the imagination are we getting less prudish or are we you know are we are we freeing the the, the nipple or the breast appropriately
0: that's a great question yeah. i don't i mean clothing certainly it seems to me to be i don't know it goes back and forth it's like like i said like when i was in college it was like baggy yes Baggy shirts, baggy Mm -hmm. pants.
2: This is the 90s. Yeah, and now Mm -hmm. it's, you know,
0: obviously it's form-fitting. But still, it's not, we still react to it. It's not like we accept it.
2: True. Right. Like, I have screenshotted some pictures and sent them to Marley and said, so help me God, if I ever see you in an outfit like this, I will pull your ass out of Madison so fast that your head will spin. And then she always laughs and responds. Because it's usually a picture of a young woman that I know. Or that I follow, you know, that she knew in high school or what have you, and I do send her those pictures. So yeah, so I guess I am super guilty of being an absolute prude. Yet I'm saying free the boob when it's somebody else and not me on the beach.
0: I think bottom line is you can't really. First of all, the enforcement of it. I mean, it's ridiculous to say okay that there's actually going to be police or somebody around you know Mm -hmm. monitoring. Hey, you know, put your top on. It's ridiculous to think ridiculous to think that we've got Mm -hmm. the staff for that. Ridiculous to think we have the staff for that, but.
2: Someone know. says, Adam and Jor, sounds like there needs to be a WCCO topless volleyball tournament this summer to bring visibility to the this issue. Okay, lem, let me tell you. If that happens, we, we should all be arrested. And I, I, I think small children will be running, at, wanting to gouge their eyes out. No, nobody wants to no. see us at WCCO no. radio here topless. Trust me. We don't want to scar any small children.
0: <laughs> so I saw a news story on uh, Care 11. Uh, I think people were listening to us last week when we when I made the, it was my winging it Wednesday last week that I said I think we could go back to flip phones and totally be yes back. and now Gen Zers are among the people lining up here in Minneapolis at Free Geek it's a store it's a thrift store lining up for guess what flip phones
2: really Gen Zers it's the
0: nostalgia thing.
2: So, but they, but are they giving up their regular phones? Are. Like, I mean, I guess it's like an accessory, you know, like the giant Stanley water bottle. You know, they whip that's out the flip phone and call their mom and think they're cool, but you know they're scrolling Insta or using their Snap.
0: Uh, Jenna Menderschneid, born in two thousand three, forgive me, Jenna, if that's not uh, how you pronounce your name. Says she's seen people bringing flip phones to the bar. She's speaking to Care Eleven. It's a TikTok joke thre- trend thing. Oh, okay. Uh, On the app, users top the single-digit megapixels on the Nokia camera phone and post things like, I'm going back to using a flip phone. Let's see if I can survive. Uh, But Free Geek's uh, owner says he just thinks it's more to it than a TikTok trend. I think more people are looking for that simple, just calling, just texting, no other distraction kind of thing. I don't.
2: I don't buy it either. I think it's more of a trend. I don't buy it among Gen Z. What Gen Z is doing is talking on the flip phone in a club while taking a selfie with their actual yes, smartphone correct. and posting it on TikTok. That's really what's happening. So now they have two phones.
0: What is a line? Like, let's say I want to go just get a flip phone, like an old Nokia flip phone.
2: Oh, let me let me Google that for you. Would
0: that cost any different than a smartphone?
2: Like the, the flip Because you're using phones, far
0: less data, right? So,
2: oh, the track phone. Do you ever see the track phone that they, they market to seniors? Jig- the tra- jitterbug. T- the track phone is nine ninety nine.
0: <laughs> the jitterbug is with the huge numbers on it, so you can see it.
2: But I'm the, not far away from that, by the way. Two yes. is, but that's a hundred dollar phone. But you can get this track phone for nineteen ninety nine. I used to have the StarTech with the antenna that pulled up yes. because you know I was cool like that. I felt like a drug dealer. Not at the time. It was cool at the time to have it. Was
0: it was cool to feel like a drug dealer yeah, at the time.
2: Right? Boost Mobile has a flip phone for nineteen ninety nine. But then again. That's I just
0: mean, the cost of the phone.
2: Right. That's just the cost of the phone. It costs to add $500 another line, for an a- it's But the service again, I mean, was it going to cost you $25 a month? And what are these that's kids?
0: I'm it's the same thing. These kids
2: are going to do it for two months and then it's the trend is going to be over. Right. Yeah. They're going to get their pictures. Oh, remember that time? Oh, back to reality. You know, whatever. Come on
0: buy one for my sons. Whenever they're grounded, they have to use the flip phone. That's a great idea, by the way.
2: I love that. Oh my gosh. Can you come parent my children? Because that is a great idea.